This is the Power Pies Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. Let's get started on continuing chapter one of 2 Timothy. Chapter one, 2 Timothy. And I'll pray and we'll get started stretching right now. So, second. Lord, I pray for this um, next po- segment of this podcast that you would restore to us the idea that suffering is a blessing and not a curse, that can be a blessing and can lead us on to a higher calling, that it's part of the Christian life to endure suffering to and that none of us are going to get out of it um i pray that you help us to see this the true fruit of suffering and what the potential is with suffering but also see the devastation because sometimes we feel like we're walking through stuff alone and it's ridiculously isolating I know it's true in my life. So help us restore our, our our understanding because we can get really off track and on rabbit trails and start to turn in and isolate and blame you and all manner of things that um, Paul here has refrained from and in his suffering encouraged Timothy to walk on knowing that suffering would be a part of his calling too. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So suffering, suffering in some cultures is a stigma. Um, in fact, suffering in some contexts for some people means that you've done something wrong, like against the gods or even, but you even find this sort of idea, which is really pagan, um in christianity unfortunately that when someone's suffering if they you know if their child has a disability or they suffered a job loss or they're economically struggling or whatever it is you fill in the blank that even um in christian circles we can we can jump to the wrong pagan read pagan conclusion that um, there is something wrong with them. Now, having said that, there are things that happen to us, um, consequences of our actions, that have everything to do with what we did. But that is outside of the suffering that Paul is talking about. Um, A suffering that we often have no control over whatsoever. And a suffering that is meant to bring fruit. Um, It's meant to draw us closer to the heart of God. See, and it's true even in relationships, and I'm learning this, that for me as a non-confrontational person, let's think of suffering as a confrontation. Because if we put it in those terms, 
and suffering comes into our lives, we can think of it as God is confronting and either all of us to draw in, a part of us to adjust, or just a desire to have a deeper relationship. Any relationship that is actually a relationship is a relationship that has had struggle. And for me, I'm hugely non-confrontational. I don't want to fight with anybody. I will take the back seat and if that doesn't work, I will take the next back seat. And if that doesn't work, I will be all the way in the back of the bus to confront, to avoid confrontation with people. Unfortunately, what is that? Where does that leave the relationship? Me in the way back of the bus and the other person in the front of the bus for eternity. So if we think of God confronting us and we do not leave the front of the bus, which I, oh my goodness, your girl Sarah has had a really hard time with this. Because I don't like pain. I don't like unease. I don't like friction. I don't like the idea that God, I know, because I'm so perfect, that God would want to work out something, especially if I'm already going through something. I'm already going through struggle and then God's like, well, let's, let's look at this right now. And I'm like, oh no. It's like, I've got the roast beef on my plate and I've got the salad and I don't want any more of this meal. I'm going to do my thing to, and so if I, when I start to think of suffering not merely as just suffering this is a word that's repeated also the synonym for suffering is basically a whole verse and then another reference to it I don't know if you want to read through the this chapter I will tell you it's verse 8 verse 12 15 as a whole verse is synonymous with suffering and then uh, chains in verse 16 it's a theme, that's what I'm trying to say, in this first chapter. So when I start to think of, not just, if we start thinking of suffering as a, as a thing we do not pull out of the closet until it's absolutely obvious that that's what it is. We will avoid it, we will dance around it, and in some cultures it's looked down upon. So you, you tell a friend, then I'm going through this thing and it's gossiped about. Well, she must have. He must have. I know people from this sort of circle. They don't share anything. They cannot share anything in their Christian context because it will be gossiped about. Christian quote-unquote context. Because it will come back to haunt them. Suffering has got a huge, huge stigma. Because we don't see, we've, we've put it in, we put it in the back of the closet, stairs scooting to the back of the bus to avoid it. When, if we thought of it as relational, 
suffering as relational, we might, it's that confrontation, it's that, uh-oh, Either I got, I, I do have something to work on and I need to come down a few notches to work on it or God wants me to go deeper. So this is relational. This is confrontational. This is a thing. This is what I'm going to lean into and not out of. I'm going to stay at the front of the bus and not go, well, whatever I can do to ease that up, whatever more, this is, this is Sarah, absolutely her MO. Farther, further back. Let's read our verses here. We're starting on verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed. Lean in. Do not fall out. Do not go to the side. Of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. There's a, another one I, I missed synonym to suffering but join with me join with me in suffering we're on the suffering bus and we do not move backward we stay next to the driver your driver is jesus yes here's the thing also with suffering we can avoid it we can i'm living proof we can do this we can ignore it. Paul couldn't. I mean, he's, he's got four walls behind him. But in, in the general sense, if you're not under Christian persecution, where you're being murdered for your faith, which is, you know, and in, put in jail for your faith, as Paul was, it was unavoidable. There are certain sufferings we can ignore. We can minimize. We can move back a seat. We can avoid. Yeah, they're acting weird. I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna curtail that. I'm gonna dodge that. And we move one more seat back. One more seat back. And we're here's the thing, we're totally missing the point. Because we got suffering on this not going to happen scale. Not going to happen. Not on my watch. It's not going to happen. When God's got it on a relational scale and a confrontational scale. That's where he has it categorized. He has it categorized as part of your walk with him. Not in the category that needs to be avoided. We need to pick up that suffering and some weight and bring it over to him. Oh, it ain't easy. It ain't. And I, you know, gone through so much pain that it was getting ridiculous. And it, you know, the thing is, it just kept coming. Because I wouldn't see it as relational. I saw it as something that I just needed to get out of as quickly as possible. And so I did it. 
Now there are certain things, certain sufferings like uh, disability or um, or physical inability, like that is a disability, but like medical, financial, job loss. So you you have no control over that. You can't avoid it. Or being divorced when you don't want to be divorced. You can avoid that. But if you would take it out of the back closet, start moving back, your seats in the bus, and put it in a new category, the relational category, which that's exactly where Paul has this. In the relational category. What's he talking about to Timothy? Join? What does he say? Join? Join me in my suffering? Ah. What? This is not the, you know, I. if we keep that suffering and at avoid at all costs category, we're never, never going to understand this verse. We're never going to understand what it's like to suffer with somebody. We're never going to understand the benefits relationally of suffering. We're never going to give God the glory in our suffering. We're never going to understand his purposes in the suffering. Now, we may not understand all, but we will have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to stay, I'm going to try to determine to stay, because this is you, Sarah. Try to determine to stay the front of the bus where the Holy Spirit is, the comforter. And now I keep trying to, because the farther I move to the back of the bus, the darker and colder and distant I get. And I'm still struggling. I'm just in the back of the bus. Thinking I can get out of it. Or I'm going about getting out of it my own way. But it isn't doing its work in me. It isn't changing what needs to be changed. My relationship with God isn't getting deeper. And now I'm consumed by it. Did you know you don't have to be consumed? Obviously, Paul here is not consumed with it. Did you know that you can come to a place where you are not totally consumed with your suffering? That's at the front of the bus. That's close to the heart of Jesus. That's in the sphere of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that it, no matter what you go through, it doesn't have to consume you? Did you know that you can? I, I didn't. I thought this was it. This is my con. This is all. It's all, Paul. What was me? Back of the bus. The back. 
and mad, madder than hell. Mad at God, mad at others, bitter, cold, any little thing I'm getting upset about. I'm, I hope I'm not the only, I hope I'm not the only one that's been here. And it seemed the more the pressure came on, the worse I got. That's not the purpose of suffering. I tell you, the purpose of suffering isn't to draw you away from God, but to draw you closer. So we gotta take that suffering, we gotta put it in a different category. The relational category. The purposeful category. The re will be redeemed category. Did you know that God holds every single one of your tears in his in a jar? And I know suffering can be debilitating. And there are times I thought it would never end. But it does. On this side or the other, it will. I look to people, I'm totally inspired by, like Johnny Erickson Todd, who can put her suffering in the category of that which is driving her closer to Christ. And the purpose of it is to draw her closer to Christ. And I'm sure there are days she wishes it would go away. That paralysis was not on her to-do list before the accident. But I doubt she would replace what she has seen God do through it. I put money right there. A lot of it. So Sarah, since I can't believe I'm talking about this, How do you put it in a new category? Because I'm bitter, I'm done, I'm out, and I'm all the way in the back. Well, first and foremost, do you understand that the heart of God is for your good and his glory. Secondly, do you take that pain even if you have to do it more than once a day and give it over to him? Third, are you willing to hear 
what he has to say. Because when we go through times of suffering, that is the time that God is near. And if God is near to us, most likely he's got something to say to us. And four, Pray through tears. Pray when you don't want to pray. Pray when you're mad. Pray when you're angry. Pray outside, inside, flat on your face on your bed. I don't know of anything that got me through as much as praying. Because when I would have those condemning thoughts, well, a real Christian wouldn't be mad like this. A real Christian wouldn't doubt God like this. A real, you know, and it just, oh my goodness, it just keeps coming. And are you sure you are? You just had that thought. Are you, you know, the, the Satan loves that. We start feeling sorry for ourselves and we start getting drawing in and pulling in. I don't know how many times through these struggles the Lord prays his name when I thought, oh man, that's it. I just blew it with that. I don't know how many times the Lord has told me, I heard your prayer. I heard your prayer. I heard your prayer. Yes, you had that condemning thought. Yes, you are very angry, my child. Yes, that's not very nice. Yes, but I hear you praying it out. Last week, during the retreat, I was having this conversation with my teenage son. I need to write a song. Oh my gosh. I was not ready for this at all. But at one heated point, I looked at him and I said, I am your mom. And lo and behold, I'm having this struggle right around the same time. And I'm sitting in the service at the retreat. And the Lord's Spirit quietly says to me, do you have time to hear what I got to say to you? In the midst of my suffering, I was, I was feeling dehumanized. And I was like, Lord, if that's what this calling is all about, I was mad. If you're calling me into a place where, where leaders are dehumanized and they've got to be perfect, I'm like, nope. There you go. Not do, brat, one hundred percent brat. I'm not doing this. Blah 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 blah. 
So God is, and I'm praying through it. Poor microphone. And I'm praying through it. And I know this attitude is horrible. And I know it's his kingdom that the only thing, you know. But when you're suffering, yes, you know all this stuff. But do you know all this stuff? And I heard the Lord say, as I was listening to this message, do you have time? Do you have time to hear me? And I was like, yes. These things he said to me. Pain is temporary. Pain has a purpose. And not only does it have a purpose, it has a perfect, perfecting, perfecting purpose. His plan is perfect. He only, only, that means... He only, I don't know if, uh, like he, he's not like, um, Sarah, I've got some good ideas for her. Oh, let me come up with a few. Okay. When he thinks of you, he's like, oh, he's pounding his head. He's like, okay, yeah, I got a few ideas. Got a few, few, some of them are shaky, but there's mostly, mostly, yeah, mostly a good idea there. Looks like Frank. Oh, this is going to take a while. No, no. He only, only, only has good ideas for you. He doesn't have to run through a scattergram. He doesn't have to go through his files. He doesn't have to decide and cut and paste. And he doesn't have to, you know, narrow it down to, okay, maybe these three ideas. He only, only, only thinks good for you. That was my blowing for me. Oh, you mean I'm not like an afterthought? I mean like, oh, I guess I gotta do something with her. Man, she did call me Lord. Oh, man. No. No. He only thinks of good for you. for me and he's going to take us to that place we're ready to receive it and and he's not passive he's excited he's excited so if it feels like a grind like the suffering is like what maybe he's really excited But we can't get there the way that we are. We can't receive with open hands what he has with our baggage. And he's using the suffering for us to let go of the thing that's in the way of receiving what he has predetermined for our lives from the foundations and it's good. It's really good. This is the same Lord that looked around when he spoke his good ideas and created this world. Looked around and said, mm, I like it. He looks at you. 
We see fallen. We see Dom when I see myself. Stumbling over the same stupid stuff. We see the weight of the world. We see the junk that we have to live with. We see the circumstances that could be way 100% better. That's, you know, we're inundated. Inundated. Turn off the news. Inundated. He looks at you through the sun. He's got a good idea. And he's excited. He says, I like it. I like it. Let's go. Let's go. Suffering. He's taking you. This is what he said to me. I'm taking you from Egypt to Israel. This ain't about what you think I'm calling you to. This ain't about where, how you feel you're going to be dehumanized. This ain't about your perception. Notice the Israelites had not been to Israel or around it in 400 years. I'm pretty sure they had forgotten what it looked like. I'm pretty sure they had no idea what was there. I'm pretty sure it was called the promised land. That was it. So I had to let go. Okay. This is the personal part of this. Okay. I'm going to focus on getting out of Egypt and get to Israel and not worry about the what, the who, the what, you know, what might be there, might not be there, the grapes, the giants. I don't want to be one of the Israelites. Oh, it's too big. The giants are too big. Can't, we can't handle I don't want to be evil. Doubting God in every turn. I don't want to do that. And I know... Beyond a shadow of a doubt, suffering, suffering has taken me, has taken me from not trusting anyone, anything, including Christ, to deeper trust in the Lord Jesus. And if I can just keep my butt in the back seat and let him drive, not keep moving further back. We're gonna be good. We're gonna be good. Let's keep reading. But join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity.
but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death, another synonym, and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is, notice he's not putting his confidence in his ability to do the thing. I mean, we think a lot of things of Paul, but I'm not thinking he was perfect. For I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard. I mean, if he if he's thinking he's able to guard, I'm thinking he knows that God has to guard. What I have entrusted to him until that day. I mean, do you ever feel like you're, oh man, I got saved, but man, I don't feel like it. I went through that thing and I fell off the wagon, sister. If we're having a private conversation, I was off the wagon in the dust. I don't feel like I'm saved. He's able to guard and keep that which you've committed unto him against, yeah, that day, that day when you fell off the wagon, against that one and against my day last week. And against her day, those bad days, they come up. They come up. They're called suffering. He's able. He's able. He do it. This is him. In our power, and our able to persevere. And our ability to keep to the road. This is supernatural work of God. Our job is to stand in front of the bus. That's it. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, the treasure which has been entrusted to you. You are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are fight. What, how did I pronounce his name before? Phrygius, I hate this, Hermogenes, now he's praying about, we'll stop there, but now he's praying for people that he believes. He just said, God is able to keep, and then he, he, he tested that measure. God is able to keep that which I've committed, and then he gives us this little, at the end of it, he gives us this little case in point. Case in point, they all turned away from me, but there's a one guy who showed fruit. And I'm praying for him. Because you know what I believe? God can keep that which I've committed. And I believe it also for that guy. I'm just not Jesus. 
Maybe that's another lesson. That's not today's lesson because I've been talking way too much. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.